Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Alexis Cubitt, the high school sports writer at Lubbock Avalanche Journal. And as always, joined by Ryan King, KLBK Sports Director. Ryan, this was... Really, it's been a crazy three weeks, but last week in particular was just jam-packed with every sport imaginable. Um, first off, want to offer my condolences and prayers to Matt Embry's family. Lubbock High's former boys basketball coach passed away um, last week. Coach Steven talked about it. Just seems like Lubbock High is getting hit really hard this year with a lot of different things. Um, so we definitely want to extend our condolences to them. I actually... We'll be writing about them by the time this podcast comes out. My column would have already been out, um, but I'm definitely writing about them for my column this week um, and just how they've been able to kind of rally together. Um, Very, very sad, sad deal. uh, But it was nice to see the Twitter community and social media in general reach out. Uh, Zane Morris, who's the interim head coach now, said that he's been having a lot of people reach out to him and offer their same condolences. Uh, him and Coach Embry were, were best friends. They've been together all four years that uh, Coach Embry was the head coach there for the Westerners. So I want to start out by saying that. Um, it's just been a really difficult year, but, um, you know, it, it's 2020. What can you say, you know? So uh, definitely want to say that. That's with Lubbock High, I remember when we talked to Coach Steven <clears throat> two or three weeks, I think it was two weeks ago, I was just asking him about that. I was like, you know, between Coach Embry got airlifted to San Antonio and uh, obviously COVID took down the program for two weeks, which is obviously you can't compare the two, but, you know, just all the things Lubbock High has faced mm-hmm. um, throughout this year, you, you do really feel for him. You feel for <clears throat> Coach Embry's family, his daughters. Yeah. It's a tough situation. Um, yeah. And you just, you know, we don't know all the details of it. So whenever you see he's airlifted, I'm like, well, hopefully he gets the care he needs in San Antonio, comes back. Well, about a week later, you know, you hear he passes away. Um, definitely yeah. thoughts and prayers with the Lubbock High community. Um, and, yeah, Coach Steven, you can, you can tell when we talk to him on Thursdays, like he feels that he, the last two times we've talked to him, I'm sure, like, I'm sure you felt it. Like you can just say it's, it's like wearing on him. Like it's just all the things that are going on there. Yeah, it's um, heavy. The good thing is, you can, what they always say, the best, you know, way to uh, move past those types of things or, you know, honor them however you want to say it, is by getting back out playing. Uh, and mm-hmm. the positive for Lubbock High this year, a positive after all these years, you were the one that did all the research, you know, their first 2-0 start since whenever. Like, it's been years and years and years. So, they do have that to go back on. And they're mm-hmm. way more competitive than they've been. But for all of us, you and I talked about it last week, the amount of games, the amount of action that's going on right now across sports, but specifically when you look at high school football. We did say last week there'd be a lot of teams eliminated because that's just what happens in these first round, the first two rounds. Didn't think we'd have quite this many uh, eliminated, but there was a lot of great games um, to go this weekend. I'm sure we'll dive into each one um, you know, as we go on. Just specifically that Olton New Deal game I thought was – as exciting as uh, it, it was back and forth. It was two teams. Like, I cannot believe this is a bi-district game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, uh, I had the opportunity to be at that one covered my first football doubleheader. So that was interesting. Um, just going back to the Lubbock high, actually there's a little bit of good 
um, coming from the cross-country team. Isaac Alonzo qualified for his uh, third and final state cross-country championship. They actually got both of their cross-country teams to regionals for the second time in program history. Um, and just in cross-country in general, we had quite a few qualifiers, a couple that I want to point out. David Mora and Malachi Macias there at Monterey will be going together. Um, sundown girls won their seventh straight regional championship. Boys won their sixth straight. Um, a lot of strong performances, a lot of family ties. So it's really cool to see that. And then Faith Zint from Friendship became the second ever girls state qualifier for cross country. And she's only a freshman which is crazy when you think about that. And then she won district. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye out for her um, in next week when they go to Round Rock and Run State. Um, then moving over to volleyball, I want to congratulate both Brownfield and Plains on awesome volleyball seasons. Both of them ended uh, last week in the, what was that, state semis, I guess that would have been. Was it state semis or state cores? Yeah, I, I've lost where we're at. <laughs> yeah, but both programs had first-year head coaches. Jay Madrid there at Plains, and we've talked about Malarellis there at Brownfield, so congratulations to them. We're still going strong with some volleyball, being that Lovett Cooper won their undefeated district championship in volleyball. It's the first uh, in four seasons. And then Friendship won an undefeated district championship, which was their second overall championship in a row um they won last year but i think they lost a game so it wasn't undefeated but it's your championship nonetheless and so they already have their print uh pairing the tigers do they'll be playing el paso americas in somewhere i can't remember right now but playing on thursday um so good luck to all of our teams have a couple tiebreakers that will decide the playoffs for district four five they were playing viewers and then district or i'm sorry district three five a where Plainview is, and then District 4-5A, um, Abilene Cooper will be playing Lubbock High tonight, which is Monday when we're recording, but more likely they win, and then Abilene Cooper and Coronado will have to play a tiebreaker to decide who gets that third and fourth seed, but Lubbock Cooper is locked up uh, their number one seed, so shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> we'll get into some, some football. Like I said, super busy week, but definitely wanted to shout out uh, those programs, much well-deserved, and individuals, um, very much deserving of all of their accolades, and we're looking forward to seeing them do great things. Uh, but like you mentioned, uh, speaking of, Bolton, their first um, playoff win since I believe it was 2011, and their first win over New Deal since 2009. That was a 35-33 win, which honestly, coming into it, of course you think, oh, New Deal's going to win this because of how handily they had um, beaten Olton when they were in the same district for the past two years. Um, but Olton goes to a new district. This senior class was stacked. You have kids that have been playing varsity like Jack Alcorn since they were – Freshman, he's a four-year uh, four-year varsity quarterback starting. Then you have kids like Aldo Vasquez who have been playing since they were sophomores. Um, it, it was just a fun atmosphere, and like I said you think you came in thinking that they would win, and then the game gets played, and I mean they make it really competitive and end up winning it. It was just uh, super huge for them, and, and really excited for 
for Coach Lasseter and all those guys. Yeah, full transparency in our weekly picks that Carlos does. I did pick New Deal, but it was probably one of the tough – it was probably the toughest game to pick, to be honest. So it was not – now, I was most surprised. I got there at halftime, and I believe Olden was up by 12 or something. I was like, oh, wow. Like, that was yeah. – the, but then immediately, New Deal, touchdown. I think they forced a fumble or picked it off. I think they forced a fumble. And it was then, a – I think it was – no, I think it was a pick. They, pick. they yeah. did have a forced fumble and an interception in the game and converted on both of them, so. Yeah, and that's like, – they went down and scored another touchdown. And they, right. All of a sudden, wow, New Deal out of nowhere – they're in the lead. And then the entire time I am there out at turnover, they are trading touchdowns the entire second half. I leave with about six minutes to go to head over to shallow water. And Olin had just scored to go up 35-33. Of course, they then get the stop, <laughs> you know, the other way. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, New Deal's probably going to win because neither team can stop anybody right now. Um, but Olin got the stop. And, yeah, it was – it really is a uh, program – not to fight a program, uh, a, a win the program can really put their hats on. Like, yeah, a win absolutely. in the playoffs, a win over New Deal, the way they had to win it. Um, I just think it says a lot about them. And I think it really does. Like, they've been a team I feel like we've talked about some, we've kept our eye on. But until someone does it in the playoffs and they haven't had recent playoff success, you mm-hmm. kind of say, like, well, let's see what they do. And the fact that they got this win, I think, really puts this whole season in a little bit of a different perspective for me. Like, okay. This team was legitimate and is legitimately talented. And you even mentioned there with their with the talent they have on that team. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a it was a good old West Texas game to witness. I don't think New Deal has anything to be ashamed of. I'm sure it's tough no. being two years removed from playing in the state championship to now losing in the first round. Like I'm, right. I am sure that is difficult. But I actually wanted some research when the last time New Deal lost in the first round. I haven't. Oh man, it's probably been a while. I, I bet it's been uh, – like, I've only been here for three years, but just doing research in the past, that, yeah, it's been it's been a while. That's why it's another – it's what what a win for, uh, you know, Olden. Like, good – great win. And not to discredit the win because, like I said, I think Olden definitely has a very talented team right now. Um, I hate that they had to forfeit that panhandle game. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that because, I mean, maybe they win, maybe they lose, but at least they get to play it. Um, yeah. But also, I didn't realize, and I forgot to include in my story, Lyric Eaton didn't play for New Deal. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I was I, looking for him out there. I, I was like, man, maybe there's not using – like, I didn't think he was out there. No, from what I understand, he got hurt in that sundown game. Okay. Um, have not com- officially confirmed that. But um, Big loss. That's, that's yeah, a big loss. Well, and yeah, you know, and you, you hate to say that would change the outcome of the game, but the way that – he's played on both sides because we always knew him for being a linebacker. He was one of the main ones on that state championship run, Um, but he's really come along on offense. And so I think that that definitely hurt them not to have that aspect. I think it's fair to say he's at least a game changer. Maybe the outcome is the same, but he is a big enough player, a big enough impact guy that it could have been different, but Hey, in 2020 of all years, you know, that like injuries are probably the least of your concern. Uh, (laughs) So you know, and Olden got the win, so, you know, really happy for the Mustangs. Really, whoever wins, they're both our area team, so going to be happy right. for either one. But, you know, really cool for Olden. Maybe they can keep it going here. They'll have Cisco, and that'll be a tough go being Cisco's yeah. the number five ranked team in the state. But, I mean, like you said, it's 2020. Crazier things have happened, and, I mean, they put together an awesome game. So, 
I'm sure Coach Laster will have them them ready to go. Um, then you jump down right after right after that. Uh, had to rush and do interviews so I can get back up to the box and get prepared. Sundown takes on Farwell. Um, they had already beaten Farwell in the season, but what I didn't know till after I talked to Coach Cummings, Farwell's starting quarterback Leif Atkinson did not play in that game. So there is a little bit of um, hesitancy or kind of a, a scoffing, I guess, maybe at the fact that Sundown won. And those yeah. took that a little personally, <laughs> which – And beat him even worse. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't want to give a team like Sundown ammo, but they already – no. And they ended up beating them even worse than um, – Ten points more, I believe, than they did the first time. Right. I think it was so, 24 to 6 the first time. Now this one was 34 to 6. Does that sound right? That is correct. So, yeah, it, it's just – we've talked about Sundown before as being one of those teams that maybe flies under the radar. But I think uh, – we, we have to give them their respect now. It's not even a question. You have, you know, at, at, when you look at the offense, you have Carson Holson and EJ Hernandez, who have both done really great things. I had him for my top performer last week, EJ Hernandez. I, I did love that on KLBK, the top performer Tuesday, EJ Hernandez. Even for me personally, once you picked him, I was like, obvious. Like, obvious. Like, he's, he's every time you watch a sundown game, he, he is involved. Even in the last game. Here against mm-hmm. Farwell, it was like a one-point game or a seven-point, something like that. And who scores the touchdown from like five yards out? Of course, it's EJ Hernandez. Like, of course it right. is. Yeah, <laughs> him, and, him and Carson are a good one-two punch. But even just when you look at the defense, um, I mean, they had, I think, what, two – they forced at least three turnovers for sure, um, a fumble recovery and then a pass breakup in the end zone. Um, they're at mm-hmm. end of halftime, Farwell through in the end zone, uh, had that pass breakup, recovered a fumble. Uh, I don't know if they scored on that fumble, but it definitely helped to create that momentum. Um, and they'll yeah. go and play Holly this week, uh, which should be a really fun game if, if the last two years tell you anything. But, you know, you have to kind of throw history out with this kind of a year. Um, I joke with Coach Cummings and said they won an 18, Holly won last year, so this is their year to win. So we'll see if that can happen. <laughs> it's it's definitely possible that Holly won last year. I mean, that was, that was a very, very good Holly team. And Sundown, like we've talked about many times, mm-hmm. they were kind of sneaking into the playoffs there um, and played so well. I This would be such a huge win um, for Sundown to – make it back-to-back years, two rounds deep. I mean, that's when you start to build program success, you know, um, and like a, not, not a dynasty, but a legit program that's like consistently winning. And especially yeah. over a team like Holly, like Holly's a traditional good team. Like that's, that's not one of those like, oh, we're playing, uh, we're playing Holly. That's an easy victory. So if they yeah. get that one, I think it'll be a really fun one, especially because if they do beat Holly, then they take on the winner of uh, Cisco Olden, which maybe it'll be Olden. Who knows? But if they were to win that one, then you're taking on possibly the post bold gold, and then we have a sun, a sundown uh, post game to go to yeah. the semifinals, which would be obviously that's way down the line, but be pretty exciting. It would be poetic just because we talked about how typical that district is. I do yeah. feel bad for Post not being able to play this week. West Texas had to forfeit which is the second yeah. time because Tohoka had to forfeit. So these guys haven't played in what would be – that would be three weeks, I guess it would be. I think it'll be uh, – because uh, this week will be the 
20th. I think it'll be. Yeah, it's three weeks. Is it three weeks? I was thinking maybe it's four. Yeah, probably three. That's probably yeah. right. So, I mean, they, it, it's really unfortunate, but that's kind of the, the season that we've had. Um, so they're still undefeated. I don't know. I guess that would technically count as a win. So they'd be 11-0 right now. Um, also still undefeated, we have Shallow Water, who uh, got their win. Um, I, they were at home because that's how that district designed it. But I don't know. This is my pitch. I think every number one seed should get home advantage the first game. Like, yeah. yes, the district championship is nice, but I think there should be some more incentive to win that game because to me it doesn't seem fair for you to win a district and then have to go on the road the very first game of the the playoffs. So that's just my little pitch. But um, Idaho, same thing, undefeated, yeah. won their championship, uh, had a good win over Friona, and they'll all be moving on. Uh, Shallow Water will be playing Pilot Point in Breckenridge, and then Idaho will be playing Alpine at the Mustang Bowl in Andrews. So. Um, Definitely looking out for those those good games. Uh, which, by the way, the uh, just doing a little research here from last year, uh, Holly beat Sundown twenty two to twenty one. I believe mm-hmm. and that was to play post. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe um, that was a missed extra point by Sundown. Uh, field goal. Was a field goal? It was a field goal. It was really really windy because I remember. <clears throat> excuse me, listening to the game on the radio. Super windy, and they missed the field goal. Um, and I think Holly tried to run it back or something like that, but that ended up being what it uh, came down to. So, yeah, I mean, they were right in there, you know. And they're playing post, which, you know, they probably don't beat them, which, by the way, just looking back at this bracket from last year, can we just take these three games into account? Uh, in the third round, post beats West Texas 48 14. They beat Holly, a good Holly team, 52 42, their closest game the entire time until the state championship. But then, in the semifinals, the semifinals to go to the state championship, they take on Valley View and beat them 35-7. to 7. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so yeah. impressive. No, Post didn't have any close games until they lost. And the Holly one was 10 points for them as close. And then, yeah, the ch- and then you can even argue the championship, uh, you know, wasn't very close. But, uh, so in close, like, it was just ridiculous. I, like, that's – we're not going to get into post. We've done that many times here. I'm sure we'll talk about them in the coming weeks. Just looking at the games again, I'm like, dear Lord. The first yeah. two games also were 54 nothing and 28 nothing. I mean, absolutely just slaughters all, all playoffs. Just absolutely I think, ridiculous. I think we're definitely uh, headed towards that. They'll play Anson and Clyde on Friday. Uh, Anson, not a bad team, 8-2, but – yeah, they're not they're, – and here's the other thing about your point. I do agree with you. One seed should get home field. Here's the two things I'll say about that. I think the one seed should get home for the first two rounds, uh, in my opinion, because you're only okay. taking on smaller schools. So okay. I think you should get the first two rounds. And then once you get to the third, then I'm okay with neutral. I also mm-hmm. think every single game in the first round should be higher seed host, and that's just because of our the we're in the media and everyone – we can either shoot the games – or other markets can shoot the games for us, so you're not at these neutral sites out in the middle of nowhere where no one can get right. Competitive-wise, I just think it's the one seeds. But for us, getting to cover the game, I'd be okay with everybody <laughs> hosting at home. I'm glad you're not biased at all, right? Yeah, just that out there. Totally from an objective standpoint. I love it. The other undefeated, so we have Coronado, which we'll get to in a second. The other undefeated team we still have left is Klondike, and they'll play Groom 
uh, in Sudan this week, so that should be another good one. Um, Bourne County is not undefeated, but they did win an undefeated district championship. They were out this week um, because Kroll, COVID, had to forfeit. So they'll actually – they're one of the closest games we have. Actually, that is the closest game we have. They'll play Spring Lake Earth in Slayton at 7 on Friday. I think that should be a fun one. Uh, but I just see Bourne County definitely making a good run for it uh, this season. Um, some other ones we have uh, – Estacado got a win over Pecos – I never know how to say it. Pecos, Pecos, whatever. Pecos. Um, yeah. Like P-E-Y-C-U-S. Pecos. Pecos. There we go. All right. I learned some, some Texan today. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, Estacado will play Iowa Park in Abilene on Friday. Uh, I mean, we talked about them having a rough start. They kind of switched things up, get in the right mindset for district, drop one to Borger, which is everyone likes to point out the first Borger win. It snapped like a 20, maybe 12 game uh, win losing streak, then bounce back and beat Perryton and Leveland up, beat Pecos. You know, I think this is the moment they're being prepared for as far as taking those those lumps early. Um, but it was just good to see both sides of the ball really put on some good performances. Pecos, not a great team, but that hasn't mattered all season long. Like, Estacado has struggled against teams that were not great teams. Mm-hmm. So – to see them go out there and, uh, you know, I, I got to do an interview with Coach Cluley on Friday morning for our Friday night show. Okay. And I just asked him, like, Coach, is this, like, what you guys have been looking for here? Is this the most all-around, you know, like, specifically the offense looking good? He's like, I mean, the offense played really well against Andrews. And it played really well, you know, obviously in the um, – was it the, the Perryton game? But he's like, honestly, yes, this was probably our best performance, which – how often do you see your best performance in the playoffs? Like that does mean they're trending in the right direction. And I know we go back to this game, but just for example, when you look at their record, one game you can point to, if they played Borger now, I think they beat them by 50 points. You know, and that's just, that's one of those things they dropped a weird game. So it's nice to see them go against an opponent. They should beat. They're better than, and not only beat them, but look like the team they want to look like and just bury that team early on, not even give them a chance. You don't let them hang around. That's how you lose games late. And uh, it, was, it was nice to see Estacado be a, more of the team and possibly more than they have all season long that they've wanted to look like. Yeah. I think they'll definitely uh, – well, I think the important thing was getting TJ involved. And I don't, I don't know necessarily that he's been um, – he got as many touches as he did on Thursday, maybe in previous games. So I think that was key um, in getting him involved. Uh, so, like I mentioned, you know, they're – They'll be moving on to play Iowa Park. So we have, you mentioned, uh, kind of alluded to it earlier, but we have only 14 teams uh, remaining in the playoffs, which was more than you, you thought we'd have about half cut, but that was actually more than half. So you were on the right track. Just Is that more than, like more than half got eliminated or more than half are left? Got eliminated. Okay, that's what I thought. Because how yeah. many did we have? You did the math last week. Was it uh, we 30? Had, was it 35 or something like that? Something like that, yes. Yeah. So I was thinking like, just quick math. I'm thinking, I don't know, 20 will still be playing, 18. 14. Yeah, I was like, 14. But, it, but it's because when you have those even ones, like, you know, Abernathy's a 2C, they lose to a 3C, mm-hmm. which actually did have in the pick them. But you're thinking, okay, they could have won. You're yeah. also unlucky when it's like Olton New Deal. It's like, well, it's one of our teams, teams. getting eliminated. Right. So that would yeah. legit be half. Yeah. So it's, um, and I'm sure there's a couple more. And like, 
uh, a lot of our six men were getting eliminated that I, you know, a few of those where I was like, okay, I didn't know if that would happen, but like I said, we're down to 14. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully after this weekend, we will not be down to seven or less, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but it's, it's tough. The more rounds you go, it's tough. Like it's, it's really yeah. hard these matchups. Yeah. I mean, you look at Denver city had a good win over Littlefield and now they have to play Brock. You know, they'll play them so at, at uh, in Sweetwater. Brock is undefeated, and I believe either ranked one or two. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, Brock is ranked one. I don't know who's two, and then Shallow Water is three. Um, so, yeah, like I mentioned, Shallow Water will play Pilot Point in Breckenridge on Friday. Um, so we'll just go ahead and go down the list. I mentioned Idaho and Alpine playing Thursday. Rawls and Al Albany will play Snyder. I'm sorry. Too much going on. Rawls and Albany will play in Snyder on Thursday. Also on Thursday, Jayton versus Balmorea in Garden City. Friday, it's a lot more action going on. Estacado, Iowa Park will play in Abilene. I mentioned Shallowater Pilot Point. Olton will take on Cisco, who's ranked fifth in Class 2A Division One. Um, they'll play each other in Colorado City. Host will be back in action to take on Anson and Clyde. Sundown and Holly for that big spring game. That'll actually be a 4 p.m. contest. So they'll play the first of a doubleheader. Notru plays a second game because they're not in our coverage area. Smire actually will be talking to Coach Scott Bunky in the next segment, so please stay tuned for that. Um, Smire won their first ever playoff game, which we didn't get to, but uh, no, yeah, we did. Um, they played Seagraves and won a team that they had played before during the regular season, but congratulations to them for a lot of history. We talked about them winning their first 11-man district championship this year undefeated. And now they're, they've won their first playoff game and are play Stratford, which will be a tough competition. Coach Funky said the last time the two teams played each other was before he got there. And I believe he said it was like 80 to six. And so, uh, yeah, but they're different teams. It's been three years. Um, but just shout out to Coach Funky. It's only his second year and he's had back-to-back -back winning seasons. So it's awesome for him. Gordon County, which we mentioned, will be back in action against Spring Lake Earth and Slayton. Motley County uh, will play Blackwell and Hermley on Friday. And then, like I said, Klondike and Groom in Sundown on Friday. So those are our 14 teams. Um, those are our pairings. The only two area teams we have going against each other are Gordon County and Spring Lake Earth. So for sure, we know we have one team that will be advancing. That is right. We have uh, – is there not two head-to-head? -head? I know it's – yeah, Borden County and Spring Lake Earth. Maybe that is the only one. I was for some reason I was thinking there was another one. That that actually might be it. Yes. Even if everyone else got swept, we uh we do have Borden County Street. We got one for sure. One thousand and uh Taps also releasing theirs. Um I'm sure you've seen those. Lubbock Christian's gonna take on Arlington Prep in Arlington. Um they don't know what field yet. <laughs> Coach Song said they're still trying to figure that. And that is all – he has a buy. Kingdom – I should say Kingdom Prep, Lubbock Christian both on buys. So Kingdom Prep is still trying to figure stuff out. Lubbock Christian will take on Arlington Grace Prep in Arlington in two Fridays. Trinity Christian, though, they are playing Tyler All Saints at one this Saturday at Clyde. And All Saints, uh, their season is, is over due to injuries. So, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so they uh, – sadly, they're, they are done. Um but Trinity will also be playing this week, so could have a Taps victory. Either Actually, that's not – so we do have two more teams that will be playing next week. Lebbett Christian and Kingdom Prep cannot be eliminated this week. So we got those two, the winner of Spring Lake. Look, that's three teams already moving on to next weekend. 
just looking up from here. Oh, one more thing I forgot to shout out. All Saints Episcopal's volleyball team make taps to a state semifinals. It's only Levi Savage's second year as a head coach. Uh, they have a really talented group of girls over there, so definitely want to shout them out. But, yes, and that will conclude our uh, playoff stuff. Last thing I want to get to is the big schools. Um, shout out to Lubbock Cooper, who will be back in action this week at that game. They host Abilene Wiley after two weeks of quarantine. So uh, hopefully everyone stayed safe and healthy. Uh, Lubbock High will be on by. Um, Friendship is on by after a tough loss to Abilene High. Uh, Monterey is back from a bye. They'll be hosting Tascosa, which will be a huge game for them um, either way if they can well- they're also they're on they're back from bye for now until they inevitably have a bye next week. Uh, I'm sure since they have a bye about every other week over there at Monterey. <laughs> so. Poor guys, poor guys. Yes, yeah, no playing Tascosa, Coronado going to Caprock. Man, when you look at last week and what the Mustangs did to Amarillo High, that was I know Coach Parsons. It wasn't about uh, redemption. But when you look at the way that they played those guys, uh, looked like it. Back of their minds, they're remembering. And we talked to Corey Ferrer, uh, Randy Rosetta from Hub City Preps, and I talked to Corey Ferrer and Ryan Edwards after that game. Corey had a great game. Uh, Ryan had, <clears throat> excuse me, Ryan had two interceptions in that game for a total of four. Ted Gilmore had one. Isaiah Kelly had one. Isaiah also had a quarterback sack. Defense was just crazy good. Um, offense. It's crazy good. I don't know if you could have asked for a better uh, performance, all-around performance. A special it did give up the 75-yard kickoff return to Emerald High, but, I mean, that was pretty much when the game's fate was already sealed. Uh, they're pretty much in the driver's seat at this point when you look at – and it just kind of builds up to that Thursday-Tascosa game, which, yep. um, Carlos, if you're listening, I'm putting in a, a request to go to that one um, for that <laughs> Thursday game. Um, but it was just, I would say, as far as district goes, that was a defining game and definitely a statement game in terms of now Coronado, I mean, every team has control of their own destiny, but now Coronado has control of its destiny. Mm-hmm. Well, 100% statement game, I think is the way you would describe that. It's I, Amarillo did not think they'd win the game, but thought it'd be more competitive. The fact that Coronado could have won. It was 31 nothing at half. That game could have been 62 nothing or worse if Coronado stayed locked in for the, for the entire game. They were no doubt the better team. Amarillo is not, is not in the same league as Coronado, which not a lot of teams are, to be fair. Um, okay. That's fair. And it was, it was impressive to see how much they were dominating. And, like, the offense is going to do their thing, and they looked really good, but you know, they're going to do their thing. That defense was just swarming on the Amarillo offense. They had no chance. Every time they throw a screen pass, Isaiah Kelly is knocking a guy down two seconds after or a half a second after he caught the ball. Like, If they give out awards, I would say Isaiah had to have gotten like the big hit award just because oh, yeah. you get them. They're at first and goal. I can't remember where it was. You push them back, push them back. Fourth and goal, they go for it. Isaiah gets a huge quarterback sack um, and then ends up – I think he even had – his interception was in the end zone or close to it. So you figure he makes two big plays. Ryan Edwards with two interceptions just seemed like, you know, like Coach Park called them the ball hogs. They just found the ball yep. really well. Um, just 
like I said, I think now we talk about their offense so much. I think really you could talk about either one in the same breath as just being really equal. Uh, I, based upon what I saw on Friday, because I haven't watched them a whole lot this season just because of everything that's been going on. I did see them play Friendship and Love at Cooper, but I think just based upon the way that they played Emerald High, Emerald High lost to Tascosa by one. I'm not, I'm not saying, but I'm saying you could make a pretty strong case that Coronado very well could win this district undefeated. Yeah, I did notice that as well. I do think part of that is to rivalry, so that could be factored in. But, yes, in high school, if you – like, I think, in my opinion, high school is the one you can glean the most of comparing, um, you know, opponents – Mm-hmm. More so than you can in college, definitely more than you can in the pros, which doesn't really matter. One team can lose to a team by seven, then they play the other one. Team C beats Team B, but then Team C team play plays Team A and loses by fifty. Like, but in mm-hmm. high school, there is a it's not a foregone like oh well they beat, they beat Amarillo by you know forty. Well, Amarillo only lost by one, so you can add up that uh. Coronado is going to be Tascosa by 39. You know, you can't do that. But I agree with you. I would say the favorite is Coronado. So sorry, guys. My dog is – this is what happens when you record podcasts at home. Um, they're the big fan of the podcast. I like yeah, she's kind of freaking out right now because the maintenance men are, like, over there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, Coronado winning. Um it, I think they're the team to beat. I really do. Yeah. And they'll go – they're actually ranked number seven. Um, we'll have to check to see what the new rankings are when they come out. should be in a, maybe an hour or so. Yeah. Um, I know they're already out for the Dave Campbell Insiders. Um, but, uh, you know, you, when after a win like that, sometimes you worry if they'll stay locked in for a game yeah. traveling on the road to Cap Rock. But I really don't think they'll have that problem. You know, because they could have easily had fall off after playing Paladero and coming into that Lubbock High game, um, which I don't think they were. I think Lubbock High is just much improved from yeah. last year's. Um, so when you look at that, I don't think they'll have a problem. You know, Caprock, it does make things interesting for when they, they come back and play Monterey. Yeah. Who yeah. I think has great potential. Uh, I think they have the talent to make – this game against Tascosa, who they host on Friday, very close. I just will have to see if, you know, what will happen when they can kind of put those things together. They did have the bye week, you know, after they beat Caprock to kind of hang their hats on and, and that sort of thing. But uh, that's another – we have some really interesting districts as far as competitiveness goes, um, and I think that will definitely be one, especially now since – hey, we only have, what, four districts to keep, three districts to keep an eye on now that everybody, smaller schools are done. Uh, so that will definitely be one to keep an eye on, as well as Lubbock Coopers, uh, you know, that that's still theirs to win or lose, depending on how they can respond coming into this week, going against Abilene Wiley, um, and then building up for that post-Thanksgiving game against uh, Wichita Falls Rider, which they'll get to host. So, It is funny, as, as disjointed as everything has been, this year, it is nice to like. We got to focus on the small schools at the beginning, and now here late we get to focus on the small schools that'll still be playing in a week or right. two, and all the big schools finishing up their season. So, 
it's I, I wish you could move everything a month earlier and it'd be perfect so it's not going over Christmas and New Year's. But if you could have imagine if the small schools started practice beginning of July, started games the beginning of August, big schools started practice the beginning of August, games beginning of September, and we and just everything was done by uh, Christmas, but you got to you know just so late in this early in the season you got to focus on the small schools with no big schools. Then they overlap for whatever we had seven weeks. Then the small, the good small schools are still playing the playoffs with late season big schools. Then big schools are in the playoffs when small schools are done. It's just, just thought, you know, just you know, it'll never happen. But just, just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I'm kind of. I'd like to kind of get back. I see what you're saying, and yeah, it does make it for more like even coverage. But I'm kind of like, when one is done, let's just, let's just like, all of it out of the way. <laughs> Loves the podcast. Loves the podcast. Clearly, she wants to be featured on here. So, shout out to my dog. Nala. The next segment, your next interview, right there. I know, right? And she did so good during Coach Funky's interview. There uh, you go. Did not bark at all. So, maybe there she. Was, this was my payback. We were on a yeah. good streak. So, we'll have to. It was a nice run, Nala. We'll, we'll <laughs> put one together next time. But I'm going to go tend to my dog. So. Thank you all for listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Please stay tuned. I know it was a lot that we went over, but please stay tuned. I got to talk to smart coach Scott Funky about their uh, really historic and memorable season. Um, and so definitely want y'all to hear that. So stay tuned for that. For Ryan King and Lexis Cubit, this is the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. And welcome back to the second segment of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm joined by Smire coach Scott Funky. Coach, this has been just a historic year for you guys, really. I mean, first you, you know, win your first 11-man district championship, first overall since 1993. Then you win first ever playoff football game. For you to just see all this unfold, especially in the kind of year that it's been, uh, what's just that been like for you as a coach? Uh, personally, it's been a lot of fun. Just it's been kind of a reprieve from some of the anxiety that you know everyone's going through in the country. But uh, you just never know uh, what could happen, who could get sick, how it, it changes the dynamic of the team, of the school, and it's a you know it's obviously a scary situation because there's a lot of unknowns during the pandemic, and to be able to have some success um, with that, it kind of takes your mind off of it. You know, after you after we beat Sudan here at home, when we knew we had a district championship locked up, just the, the euphoric expressions on everyone's faces. It, you know, everything kind of went away in that moment. And, uh, and so it, it's, been, it's been enjoyable. Uh, a, lot, a lot of things go into that. A lot of people go into that, you know, uh, with our administrators in the community. We talked before about how some of the parents of the kids are in school on the team right now. Uh, we're on that 1993 team. And so when we won against student at home, they got to hold up the ni- that 1993 trophy. It was the one that was presented to them. So uh, there's a lot that goes into this. A lot of teams that maybe haven't had a chance to win a district championship, um, but th- their efforts have gone into this whole thing. And so it's, it's been fun. It's been personally been fun. And, again, it's been a reprieve from, you know, the situation that's going on in the real world. And another factor, this is only your second year as a head coach there too, you know, and, you know, you've had – Two, both your seasons were winning, and that maybe wasn't so common at Smire before. What's the key to just getting those guys going and be able to have the success that you have? 
Well, I think we have a good coaching staff. I mean, they're easy to get along with and they're fun to work with. Very creative minds. Uh, Coach Hatter, Coach Brockman, who played in state championship the year before he came here over at Groover. Uh, we had a coach better this year who's a smart grad, and he was on a couple of those basketball teams that made long runs in the playoffs. And Coach Hughesman came from Dumas. Uh, he was actually in my wedding, believe it or not. Uh, he knew my wife in high school. And so it just kind of worked out for him to be able to come here. His family was close. And it's just – it's a good group to work with. Uh, Coach Shaps, our athletic director, very similar concept. He laid everything out. And he's such a good guy, good guy in general. Everyone in the area knows him. He's like the president or the mayor of the town. He's like, hey, he's been – he's taught all the kids' parents. He's – you know, he just got out of teaching in the classroom this year. He's an admin now. But uh, it just sets up an environment for someone to be successful. And then you have good athletes. We have a big senior class, a lot of good athletes. Uh, you know, they've had no issues working hard since we've gotten here. You know, it just makes it makes things enjoyable. It sets up a good situation to have success. And I was just happy they've been able to put it together. It's just – it all comes down to the athletes in the end. You can set up the environment. You still may not have guys that buy in, but because they have and because of their efforts, that's why we've been able to have some, some success the last two years. Uh, before those last two years, there's only been five winning seasons ever in Smyre history in 11-man. So it's a big deal for the senior class. And it goes back to last year's senior class as well. There's only six. You know, they could have easily turned things and not bought in, not tried, and that kind of thing. You see that from time to time happen uh, with teenagers with a new coach, but they yeah. didn't. And so that's very meaningful. I think the biggest thing just hearing you talk about was just those personal connections. Like everybody has either connection to Smyre or one another, you know, I think we talk about that a lot as far as just teams, but I mean, how big was that and how much did you see that kind of paying off as far as, you know, having those relationships and those bonds? Yes, it's definitely familiarity and it makes it easier to work. Um, if you get in a conflict or, you know, argument, that kind of thing, which happens because people have different opinions, which is a good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. We call Coach Brockman our negative coach on staff. He kind of brings us down whenever we're too happy or too excited. But, uh, but you know, it's not personal because you have a relationship already built and, uh, you know, it wasn't on purpose that we brought, the, you know, people that we knew in. It just it happened to work out that way. And uh, Coach Adder was here before, and so he has relationships with people in town. And like I said, Coach Shap has known everyone. So if there was ever any conflict that I may have, like he could easily go talk to them and say, this is actually what's going on. And we haven't had too many of those moments. But uh, there's a lot of comfort in that, knowing that. And I've gotten, a lot, not, gotten to know a lot of the parents the last two years, and uh, you know, the board members, and there's just been good people to work around. It's been uh, less low stress, less anxiety, so we're able to do our jobs. And, and so that, uh, I think all of that just accelerates the process. Yeah, definitely. And then for you, I mean, you came from Venus, right? Yes. One different year. Was, yeah, was, how different was that kind of adjusting? Uh, so I was in week before Venus and okay. wanted to kind of branch off. And see, you know, went to foray in the Metroplex, and you know, it's right outside Dallas. I guess we consider it the Metroplex, and uh, it's good competition. They have had low success there, and you kind of see why, you know, why the area struggled or the school has struggled, and they've just grown so fast in that area from a two A to a four A, and they're trying to scramble to catch up. It's been like a ten year period, I believe, when from mm -hmm. they've gone two A to four A, but you can see the infrastructure issues they have. Um, some of the, you know, when you haven't had success over a long period of time, uh, you can see kind of how the mindset grows into that. Um, it took a lot of that information with me when we came here. Mm -hmm. We started looking for, uh, you know, I want to be a head coach, and that was kind of the goal. And that's, I knew that when I went to Venus to be the coordinator there. 
um, and my wife is from Nazareth. And so it's very close by. So it made sense when we saw this job open. And so yeah. everything kind of fell into place. And so we applied. But a lot of the information we took from there, from mindset and that kind of thing, I tried to come bring it here to at least there's an understanding in the back of my head. Yeah. Again, there's been success here. It has been not, you know, people that have been unsuccessful. The girls program has been very good. Um, mm-hmm. There's been many individuals in the track program that had success. Like I said, Coach Vetter is coming back here. His boys' teams had success, you know, within the last 10 years. Um, it just hasn't been a football in 11, man. And so you try to kind of use some of that information, piece it together, um, and, and, you know, let them know that they're no different athletic-wise from other schools. A lot of times it comes down to their thought process on this. And, again, I think that's been very helpful. Yeah. And you do that. You have the success. You know, you get, like I said, the district championship. You guys go into by district you play Seagraves, who you played in September and beat 20-0. to zero. Yes. Is there any overconfidence, or how do you feel like the guys just approach that game knowing, you know, what happened, but also this is a whole new season? It's hard in football. They always say in basketball, it's hard to win three games in a season against a team. You know, you see that in the playoffs. It's hard in football to win two games against a team. Uh, coach Manahar is, is a pr- really good coach. I've known him. He was over at Kermit when I was in Wink, and so I knew him a little bit from that time. And I know he's a very tough-minded coach. Our first game against Seagraves at Seagraves was their homecoming. And uh, they're a tough team. Like, they, they took it to us early. That's the lowest amount of points we scored the entire year. And so, as a coaching staff, we knew it was going to be hard going to play them and beat them a second time. And I don't feel like there's any overconfidence. I felt like there's more anxiousness from our group of guys, which obviously was a concern, too. We went down 21-16 in the first half in uh we had to make some adjustments. I don't know if there any of them were going to work, you know, going halftime. Like, we need to do something here. We need to scrap a little bit. Not scrap, but we need to, you know, there's a couple of things we had to do. And we went in that second half. And, again, uh, that's kind of been our MO is to start slow. But usually it's the first couple drives to start slow. And it was a whole half. But uh, for whatever reason, we were able to put things together in that second half. And, and we, we shut them out and we scored 24 points. You know, but it's difficult. It's very difficult to be a team twice in a season of football. Um, and we knew they're tough. They're a very physical team. Will Rouch had four touchdowns in that game from him especially. You know, how big was that just in terms of him being able to, to find the end zone? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, a rushing game in general is going to be a strong suit of the team between Ethan Ramirez, who had over 1,400 yards on the season, and Will, who averaged 150 yards a game. Um, yeah, we have two very good running backs. That goes down to the offensive line. And what I think what our coaching staff has been able to do schematically has helped us, you know, at points. But both those guys, Will's a different guy. He, uh, he thinks different. He wants to be a Navy SEAL. And, you know, I, everyone knows, like, this thought process of that. Like, you got to be a little out there, a little crazy. And uh, he's trying to work himself into that. Like, he hits baseballs every day after practice. And he wants to play baseball. He wants to play football. He wants to be good at everything. You know, he gets up at 4 a.m. is what he tells me. I'm not there with him, but he tells me that. And so he, he just has a different mentality. And, uh, but we have a good offensive line, too, a strong offensive line up front. And uh, I think at times we're able to wear some teams down because of that. We got a, a bunch of big kids. We have two big tackles, and we have a sophomore playing at guard. Gareth Ambler is playing at the other guard. And we have now a two-year starter at center who's only a junior. But they've been able to gel. We pretty much brought back everyone from last year's line except for one. And uh, I think that helps out a lot. And then we have a kid with the mentality of Will. It, he's not going to stop, and he's tough. And he faces adversity every day. In every every moment in the game, actually, even anything goes against him. Like he, like his whole goal is to face that mentally and beat that. And so that's a pretty good running back. And he's a bigger kid. I mean, he's six one, six two, one hundred ninety pounds. 
And so eventually we hope to be able to wear people down. And Ethan Ramirez, our quarterback, is a good running quarterback. Again, he's 6'3", about 170, 175. I think right now he's lost a little weight. But, you know, those are bigger kids running with the football. And so for him to get four touchdowns in the game is big. But either one of those guys at any moment between Ethan and Will, because of everything I mentioned before, I mean, that's the goal is to wear people down. And so hopefully we get the passing game going a little bit better to make things a little bit more even. But that's what we went to in the second half of Seagraves. Gotcha. Well, you'll get another week. You guys will play Stratford this week um, in Canyon at the Happy Bank Memorial Stadium or Happy Bank Stadium. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. I have to remember all that. Uh, I guess uh-huh. seeing from Stratford, or just how exciting, first of all, is it to play another week? And then, you know, just talk about Stratford. It's pretty fun. It's, it, it's an exciting part of the year. At this point, like, there's not a whole – I mean, there's work we put in, but it's not like at the beginning, you know, where you're working on steps every single day. Now it's just common common things. Let's get through our steps. Let's get through our keys and our reads. and Let's get to team. Let's make sure we have our adjustments down. So practice goes by a lot faster. It's a lot smoother. It's not a grind. Um, and it's, it's exciting. So that makes it exciting. Um, going against Stratford, they played Stratford the year before I got here, and it wasn't a very good game. I think 86 was the final score in that game. And so, yes, and, and we talked to our guys before, and there's some concern going into that. But the, Stratford has that kind of aura around it, but they also know it's a different team. It's not – we're not the same team that they were here two years ago, and Stratford's not the same team. They're very talented, and they can obviously beat us bad if we don't show up. And so there's that concern. Um but it, we're hoping to get – let's make a run. Let's see if we can make a run at them. Um, you know, if we get ahead, maybe there's something we can pull out. If it's a close game, something we can pull out at the end, that would be a huge victory for us. And it's fun. It's, there's nothing to lose at this point. Let's go up guns blazing, see what can happen. We've got a, a good team. They have a really good team as well. Sounds good. Well, good luck, Coach Funky. We'll definitely be looking out for, for you guys this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast.